0: Welcome to B2B Podcast Stories brought to you by JT Marketing. Our guests today are Josh and Tersh, veterans in the home service industries and hosts of the Service Business Mastery podcast of 2017. Centred on the business aspects rather than technicalities, Service Business Mastery caters to HVAC, plumbing, electrical services, and businesses that relate to them. With over 300 episodes, it offers valuable advice applicable beyond its niche alone. Today, expect to learn why managing a podcast alongside a business requires strategic planning. Josh and Tersh's insights and highlights in the shift in podcast monetization dynamics with sponsors and how you deal with them and their interests and the willingness to invest, etc. And the importance of sharing insights and experiences as everyone in business processes valuable information that can benefit others in different ways before we begin please remember to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast it really helps the show and we're going to keep bringing you amazing guests and stories about all the different ways podcasting is going to help your business and with that here's josh and tersh josh tersh
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show. Very excited to have you here. Uh, You guys are veterans of the podcast format and in a very interesting industry. So very excited to have you on the show. Let's, uh, let's start with the podcast in itself. Tersh, maybe over to you. What's, what's your podcast and what is it about?
2: Service Business Mastery. And we started in 2017 and it's basically, it's a podcast for the home service businesses, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, anything that crosses the threshold of the home, basically to come help service it and it's we focus on the business side of things, not the technical side. So marketing, L's, that type of thing, and having tons of guests on that are experts in those particular fields. And mm-hmm. that's basically what it's about. Yeah. One of
1: the one of the episodes I've listened to um was with Patrick Lounge. Sorry if I butcher your name, Patrick, apologies for that. It was going as far as um, like strong business advice, but also, hey, if you want to sell your HVAC or plumbing business in five years, here are the things you want to do. And I actually, actually I ended up learning a lot from this podcast, podcast episode, although it's obviously targeted to uh, plumbing and HVAC, but, uh, home services business in general, I was like, but that, that's pretty that's pretty decent, if not very good advice for any business, actually, the way you have to approach, well, your tax declaration, for instance, or any aspect of your business, if your intention is to sell, so it was very, very good advice. So. The podcast ended up being, because now you guys are what 300 plus episodes, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Like it's, there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> 100 or something that all that plenty in there. So it's, it's actually good business advice for any type of business, which I, which I particularly like Josh, you, you came, um, you came mid mid journey, uh, into that, into that podcast, right? You onboarded about a couple years ago, I think a year and a half ago, something like that. What's, what has been your experience with it? Well. We're almost actually up on three years, three years in May. Nice. Um,
3: So Tersh and I have a kind of an interesting journey because we were both, Tersh has been in the HVAC industry for about 20-ish years. I know you're getting old, so I can't remember how many, how many years you've been in, (laughs) but I've been in the industry for about 10, 11 years now, and i never owned a company like Tersh, but I always managed. I was kind of what he did before he owned a company, Mm -hmm. GM, operations manager, branch manager. And we found each other through Facebook, through some mutual groups. And then the last HVAC company I was working for, we, uh, we, we found each other through a coaching group yep. and that coaching group, we actually met in person a couple of times, got to know each other better. And then I started my digital marketing agency and was asking like many in the home services space, they were asking Tersh for advice on how to start a podcast. Cause Tersh is kind of very well known in our space for like the gear you need What tools, how to set it up? Where should you be, you know, where should you record it? All those different things. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the same thing. And at at that time he had had the podcast for four years already. Um, Mm -hmm. something like that, like 2017 is when he started and he was getting kind of burnt out and wanted some, some help and maybe a little jolt of something different and asked me to co-host. And we've been doing that ever since. And things have been going well, it's kind of turned into its own business, but it's been about three years and. I don't know how many hundreds of episodes later. It's been a, it's been a lot, mm-hmm. but it's been great. So
0: Tersh, I mean, why why the co-host? So what did you see as the biggest difference in your podcast journey from being a solo host and going and then having the experience of having a co-host? Pros and cons. Um, stick to pros because Josh yeah. is
3: in the room.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a long list of
2: cons. <laughs> no, it's a, the the biggest thing for me is uh, the banter, being able to to have that consistent, no matter who the guest is, we're gonna have that consistent banter between the two of us on every episode. And a lot of our listeners have grown to appreciate and like that aspect of it. The relieving the load of me having to do all of it, like not just the work app, like post-production that type of thing, but finding the guest. And then during the, the episode itself, I'm naturally an inquisitive person so I coming up with questions isn't hard for me typically but every once in a while you'll get an episode where you're just like all right still <laughs> so have anything else to ask yeah, and you haven't that having it's just it not it. something that's easy to talk about yeah well and then there's topics that Josh might you know Josh knows more about so he knows what questions to ask that I do and and not only like the questions per se that the, the questions that business owners ask him, cause he has a different out. I mean, he has a different, different way of look. I mean, he has a different look perspective of things because of doing digital marketing versus me running the HVAC company,
0: Josh, what about your perspective yeah. on that? How have you found having a call anything you'd add to that?
3: Well, so, you know, it was really interesting coming into a show cause cause one, I, I had never done a podcast. I had made videos and stuff like that, but obviously that's a little different. You're just talking one way. It's not, you know, two way. And with us, we do live, so you can actually get guest feedback and stuff as well. But it's almost like I, I recently have really thought this through. Cause I, I watch a lot, a lot of football and my Packers are still playing well and in the playoffs, but with the team that they have in the booth, they always have two people in the booth, right? And you have the play by play person. And then you have the person that like explains what's going on. And there's times when different episodes, we we pair well together where if it's something technical, Tersh knows he's explaining it in layman's terms. Cause it's not my thing. If it's more on certain things on the marketing side or something else, that's we, we, we kind of flip roles. So it's nice that way because we're, one of us is able to ask the question and we, we kind of can at this point, because we've been doing it long enough, we know who's doing what for that episode. It just kind of happens. We don't really have to talk about it. It just happens. And, uh, it's nice because then you're able to take complex things because sometimes these guests. They try to break it down but you know your audience is not quite to understand what they just talked about and you can take a, a complex concept and break it down to something simple
1: because of the different experience that we're able to bring to, to go back to the roots guys why did you start it to begin with so co-host no co-host Tosh, why did you launch it josh why did you want to join that adventure? What's the interest for you guys? Because I mean, home service is like any other business, right? You guys are super busy. Helping home service businesses to do their marketing is probably a very time-consuming job as well. What made you start the podcast in the first place, Josh, maybe to begin with?
2: Uh, Josh, sorry. Let's start with her. Yeah, let's start with her. So the beginning, I uh, was listening to podcasts a lot, but there were no podcasts in the home service industry other than my buddy Brian Orr's uh, technical HVAC school podcast Uh, and it was very much on the technical side of things how to how to diagnose HVAC equipment but when it came to the business side of thing there was nothing that was geared really directly towards the HVAC industry. I found a couple episodes that were a year old or something like that and they would like do they would create a couple episodes but then not come back and so it was very inconsistent and so i actually asked for my help i asked for help from brian Orr, and he helped me get started with the show and that gave me the ability to also ask questions to people who i would not have had the ability to speak with otherwise Mm -hmm. So like I, i was able to developed relationships with Mike McCallowitz. I don't know if you know who he is. He, he's an author of a book and, or several books and we've become friends since then. The people that I just would not have had access to prior to starting the podcast, I gained access to those, those individuals. And I didn't know that beforehand, but that's something I learned pretty quickly and had really appreciated that aspect of it, but it's all about the consistency of that startup. And it's, it was very, it's tough to stay consistent when you're first starting out, especially if you don't know who to ask and what questions to ask and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But once I got past probably episode 10 or 15, it was a piece of cake. Podcast as a networking tool
1: is insane. And that's what we keep on saying, like a foot in the door, like it's, it's absolutely insane and Hosam and I have witnessed that as well with our first and now second podcast. It's like you get access, you get into rooms that you would have, it would take you years if not decades to access to by a traditional way. Like if you don't want to access certain rooms, definitely uh, don't do a podcast. If you want to get into a relation with those people who are, whose time is very valuable, basically, that's it. Like you need to come to the table with a proposition and this is what the podcast offers. Because you get in there and say, hey, here is my audience. We're talking about that. Let's have an insightful and genuine conversation about XYZ. You're an expert in the field. Come and show your expertise to my audience. You offer them something and all of a sudden you have a foot in the door. And you're not only somebody else reaching out to them. You are somebody who is bringing them value and in exchange, they open the door. That's very interesting. But that that was not the first intention, right? The first intention was really, hey, there is nobody talking about that
2: in this industry. How about I do it myself? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Josh. Well, we'll no, not that, like okay. I, I continue to stick with it okay. because of the just wanting to give back to the industry because for years and years and years we didn't make a penny off of it. And it was just the company <laughs> yeah. was throwing like my home service companies were putting a bunch of money into the podcast I have to fly somewhere at that, you know, it was coming out of that budget. Right. And it was it was just to give back to the industry, you know. And that's what my intention was forever. And yeah, that's even cool. after Josh came on, he, I mean, we weren't making any money at all. And we were like, we're just going to give back to the industry. Wow.
1: That's cool. It's not only resources, right? Serge? it's your time as well. I mean, if you, yeah. if you own a home service business, your time is probably extremely valuable and you decide to put in the podcast as well. What, what kept you going then? Like it just, uh, the, the intention of giving back to the community, because you're like, I mean, you're a businessman and probably like a lot of. Businessman who are podcasters as well, you're like at the end of the year, you eventually look at the bottom line right, and saying, Oh, wow, that's, that's an interesting course we have here. And uh, that's quite some time interested in that. What kept you going? Oh, yeah. <laughs> can have a Wow.
0: You
3: ask accurate, yourself that question once you, know, you
2: think night? about it. <laughs>
3: yeah. great, great question. It's like He's still asking himself. Away question. Away. <laughs> <and looking. Yeah.
2: laughs> Why am I still doing this? I still ask myself that. Uh, it's uh, I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy the relationships that it was developing, even though we weren't getting paid. I think there's a ROI to relationships as well. And so, and, and it's one of those ROIs that you can't put on a bottom line. Uh, so that's a hard one to judge there. So it's a good I don't know. Yeah, It's
1: a good reason. No, oh, the that's value it. of the relationship. That's aiming for the long term. Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Josh? What, I, I think here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll add to that. I I
3: think there's something about the having the ability to help grow someone's business from our recommendations and from the the trust that they put in us even even now that we have partners and sponsors of the show we are very particular on who we work with we have had several people or companies throw they you know dangle they're dangling the money in front of us and be like let me you know get the word out about my company and we've we've said no And it's because we want to make sure that when people listen to our show or they're in our group, or they talk to us offline, which a lot of that will happen where Tersh and I are heading to an event in two days or well, actually tomorrow, Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, we're flying out to Chicago tomorrow. We want to make sure that they know that they can trust our advice because there's so much garbage on social media and there's. I mean, literally the, some of the people that are the most famous are the ones that don't, that they know the least. They're just, they're just they just have the biggest mouth mm-hmm. and people don't know what to believe. So they, they come to us and they come to a network that if we don't know the answer, we're going to know someone mm-hmm. to know the answer. And honestly, I, I think Tersh is even, he, he refers to himself as like a connector yeah, because he may not know the answer, but he knows someone who does know the answer and he connects that people. And it's, it just creates this network of people that really actually want to help. So that way we all lift each other up versus you know just trying to pat our pockets if you will uh i think that's really what we've what we've done and what we continue to do i think that's i think that's what makes us proud of what we've done and why it's it's easier to continue doing it even though it's it's a lot of work you know tersh actually has two he didn't say he has two hvac and plumbing electrical businesses (laughs) my company's grown and it's gotten a lot busier and tersh knows this because our we're having sometimes scheduling issues with stuff but we keep doing it because we like giving back and it's, it's, it's worked out really well. And I think a lot of people really value that. And when you have something like that, it's so valuable. It's hard to, it's hard to just be like, well, I don't want to do it anymore mm. because y- you do
1: it for yourself, but you also do it for the people that depend on you. Mm. That's very noble. I like it. I know Josh in particular, you're also a fan of Alex Olmosi, which is one of our, one of the guy we follow. It's, it's a lot about this, right? It's a lot of about uh, giving first until people ask. And if nobody asks, still giving, because eventually, it's not just about karma, it's about, hey, if you put good content out there, if you uh, talk with the right people, if you help a lot of people, at some point, at some stage, it will, it will come back to you in a very, very, very positive way. I
2: think that's, that's what it's we wild think. how many people well, we I think it's what we did, but without knowing that that's what we, we were doing, mm-hmm. because we never had a call to action. We've never had any sort of call to action at all on our shows, and it's just been giving and giving and giving, and then people ask, well, what do you sell? <laughs> we don't have anything to sell. <laughs> we did that at
3: a... We, we started doing breakout sessions last year, mm-hmm. and people we, we did a, it was about the disruption of ai in the trades and we're doing another one here on in like three days yeah and uh people people ask us like do, do you have a course do you have some like do you have a thing <laughs> like a because they would put money into and of course us being the amazing business people we are we have nothing <laughs> so there's nothing for us to sell probably but crazy. um at some point someday yes but there there's a lot of you know there's we enjoy getting the information out because we get a lot of information. There's a lot of things we know that are coming before the rest of the home service industry knows. So it's, for us, we're able to kind of weed through that information, be like, yeah, does this sound legit or not? And then be a filter mm-hmm. for the industry. And I think that's that's a very valuable thing to, because although, like you said, home, sur- home service business owners, especially like right now in the U.S., it's been very cold. Mm-hmm there's a lot of people extremely busy. They're working 16 to 18 hour days every day, wow. just trying to keep homeowners warm. They don't have time to sit and try to figure out if this thing is going to be the next thing to help build their business. They they need some sort of, you know, someone to guide them a little bit and not have to waste several hours on demos and things yeah. like that. 100%.
1: Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because you mentioned earlier the podcast has become, become a business in itself, and we're going to definitely talk about this but just, just the amount of events and conferences you guys are going to, and are, are invited as speakers, like really being recognized as authority figures in AI, in the home service and in the trades, like what's the link between the podcast and that? Because you guys are doing this a lot and it's, and it's great. I mean, for the industry, it's, it's just freaking amazing, but what's the link between the podcast and uh, the fact that you're invited to so many conferences, do you guys think, but also the fact that not only the events organizer, but also the, the people, the business people in this industry are like, yeah, for sure. If Josh and Tersh are going to that conference talking about this, I'm definitely going to show up because it's going to be valuable. Like what's the link with the podcast and how, how did you end up there? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Next questions. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny.
3: So the event we're going to, and this really, this all started before me, but I've, I've been around long enough to to share the story and uh, and I'll share it because Tersh didn't, but <laughs> He he started he started going to these these events and there was no there was no place for podcasters there was no you know place for them to to really sit and share their stories and actually bring people to events and and use these I hate using the word influencer because that's not what I ever would call myself or called I would never call Tertian influencer how many followers uh, dude but <laughs> not not enough <laughs> but. Now that we, we come to these events, we're actually, this event and another one in March that I'm going to and Tersh can't make, they actually are putting together, like they have pavilions where we actually sit up on on a stage, can do live podcasts with audio and they put chairs there. So it's literally like we're doing the same thing we're doing here, but we have people staring at us from five feet away, right? which is really interesting because it's, it's, like, it's like a live show, mm-hmm. um, which is very unique and it's totally different than... Sitting in a booth and, and, mm-hmm. and talking about this, but Tersh started con- connecting with the lady that ran the the media room or the media stuff for the event and started giving ideas, she, she started having ideas on like how we can make this better and how we can make, this, and it just is continued to evolve. Yeah. And now every event that comes up, we get asked to go to it and you know, some we can make, some we can't. And then it's always like, well, how do we make it better? hey, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. And and Tersh has had a really big influence on that, probably more so than he even considers or realizes. And it's helped a lot of other podcasters get their word out and be able to spread their word at these different events as well.
0: If I may add my two cents there as well. I mean, your, your podcast is your portfolio, right? You guys have hundreds and hundreds of episodes out there. People know exactly what your take is on things. People know that you are well responsive. You speak well, you know how to ask good questions. You know how to bounce off each other. And um, you have valuable insights and dare I say original insights on aspects of home services or whatever the niches that your podcasts can come into. It's almost like typically you'd have to interview maybe a bit of nepotism, whatever, to be able to get in front of a camera pre-internet, right? Pre third wave of internet. And today, if you just get enough episodes out there, you're going to get recognized for talent. Even if you didn't start off as a talent, you're going to build the skills, you're going to get the practice and then I'm guessing, and you mentioned it before, there's not many speakers in the home service business industry, right? Bar a few tech companies, I'm sure that provide some products to home service uh, business owners. And there's not many people out there that can really speak and have business insights, because it's a it's a blue collar job, right? You're there on the floor, getting the work done, working with your hands. And you're probably more biased, that demographic is probably a lot more biased towards people that are more better at getting things done than talking. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) you guys develop both skills, right? You've done it, you've done the work. You're not just like an outside tech guru that's come in and find an opportunity. You've guys have run businesses, you've been management roles of businesses, and then you became really good speakers. So you kind of have the best of both worlds. And you have this huge portfolio of proof showing that you can speak well. So anyone that's organizing a conference would be would be silly not to invite you in my opinion.
2: You know, that's a great point that you make there. And the, I will say that Josh and I can hop on a camera and hop on a zoom or, or whatever kind of recording it is. We can talk great between the two of us and have a guest and ask them questions and put them on the spot. And I would say it, well, if you go back and listen to some of the first episodes that, that we put out, like I put out, oh, they're cringe. (laughs) <laughs> <Like>, they are terrible. <laughs> it has grown like just the speaking confidence and wor- not worrying about what people think about what when you say things. That's grown tremendously uh, over the years. I will say that getting up in front of you know 500 people or a thousand people, that's not quite as easy. Uh, because Josh and I are used to having a camera and a microphone and yeah, we'll have a hundred thousand downloads or whatever, a crazy number it is a month, but it's, they're not looking at us in our face as we're standing right in front of them. So that little bit was a little transition for us, uh, for myself anyways, getting up there, but then we got into, we get into a comfort zone. I get, I get into my comfort zone of talking about, you know, the trades and AI and then the confirmation that we received after afterwards where everybody's like wow that was a lot of information i had no idea about and i was like really because i thought i was stumbling over things that i thought i was going too remedial i thought i was going too i thought it had dumbed things down too much and I, and I didn't want to i don't know the best way to say it uh i, I didn't want to Talk to someone like they were not very educated, but everyone I talked to, or after the fact, everyone that that came up and talked to us, and this has happened. Josh mentioned one in October. We had one the very next month in November. I gave a breakout, two breakout sessions last week, two weeks ago at at an event, Uh, and then we have one coming up here shortly or next week. Like we're finally. I mean, I'm getting into the groove of like. I'm seeing what everybody doesn't know. So, and what everybody doesn't know are things that I've honestly taken for granted. Because the most simple things, when it comes to machine learning and automation and stuff that that Josh and I learned from Ari Mizell in 2018, nineteen, those are things that people still don't know about automation and delegation. And I'm like, wow, yeah. and. We should talk about this even more on the podcast because people are like, okay, so what, what podcast episode can I go to, 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 listen to what you just spoke about? And I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if we have that episode. I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy to, to back up that point.
3: I create videos and stuff for our own business and I stopped doing it for a while. And cause I, am like, man, I, like sometimes you almost all feel like, you know, enough be that person behind the camera, like really like the imposter soon shouting. Like, I mean, you, we, yeah, you. we've need, all had that imposter syndrome like crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a tough thing. And then like, like Tersh said, the more you talk with thing, we almost realized we thought what we did originally was remedial. And now the, as we keep talking and fine tuning, this is like, well, we need to actually take it backwards more. And it's just because literally like the first question we got at that breakout was, uh, where do I start? With AI, like we, we were talking about all these different cool things that are coming, or different opportunities for them to train their texts or train their CSRs or all these things. Where do I start? Was the first, and we got that question multiple times, and they have no idea where to start. And then, and then of course, the light bulb dawns on Tersh and I, and we're like, <laughs> "We probably should have had a course." <laughs> yeah. And of course, we didn't. But yeah, it's 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 wild. There's yeah, you know, we each everybody. That's been in business for any length of time has so much information that they take for granted. And if they just start talking about those things and talk about the things that they learned a year ago or two years ago. And I think that's the reason, I mean, that's a big reason for me to be on the podcast is I learned a lot through Facebook groups. I kind of, my time in the industry started when Facebook groups started getting popular and I learned from people and I, I was just, I was like insatiable, like just, kept asking questions, kept trying to find groups, thought leaders, people like there, there There was nothing else at the time. The podcasts weren't that big. I don't even, I don't know when podcasts started, but they weren't that big and I really know about them. That was like the way to get information. And I think that's still there, but it's shifted a lot because people are driving, people are walking, they're working out and they're like, well, I'd rather learn something. And it's shifted completely. Like even I was, Turch and I were talking about this year, even those that have a podcast that has gotten off the ground and they've been at it for a while and they got a decent following the market for monetizing that as a business has changed. Yeah, We are getting a lot more people coming to us instead of us having to try to convince them of the value of the show. They know the value of the show mm-hmm. and they're coming to us and be like, well, what does that look like? And it's, it's changed and it's changed pretty drastically. I don't know, like the last six to 12 months, would you yeah. say, church, where it's like all of a sudden it's like people are coming to us and we're people we don't even
2: really talk to that much. And they're, they're asking about how, how do they get involved and how do they partner with us. It's definitely a weird concept. Josh and I, neither one are salespeople. <laughs> like that's why we don't have call to actions on our, our show. Like we've done things that we know. Like we, if somebody's ever listened to our show and they're like, how do I buy from you? Like we know. We know that we don't have that on there. We know that we've we've been told that we need that there, and we've and it's not something that we were told six months ago that we needed to be on there. We were told that, a, from day one, we were told that, and we've never done it because we're neither one of us are closers. We're not salespeople. We just like sharing information, and so for us to reach out and try and find sponsors of the show, that was always typically a, a pretty awkward conversation for us, and because we also didn't understand the complete value of the podcast in itself as well because admittedly it was a hobby for a while and that's the reason why it was i I got burnt out on it because it was a hobby that be that turned into a job that i didn't get paid for Mm -hmm. and so that's that was the reason for my burnout and now that people are seeing the value of the show it's kind of crazy to have people come up to us and and say hey we want to you know invest in in the podcast and making sure it grows and they're able to spend money on production and having a high production quality and, and that type of stuff. So that's really been a cool, cool process. And for the record, Tersh went from making nothing. We
1: pay him like $25 a week now.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Finally, some numbers oh, yes. that, and that's on recall. <laughs> so guys, that's, that's a, that's a pretty interesting one because so I have several other questions to this. Because initially you have your business next to the podcast. And my first question is how do you find the time at the end of the day? Because you have the podcast recordings, you have the appearances on other podcasts like ours. Now you have a travel for the conference, which is more than once a month. Like where do you find time to work? I mean, are your business still running? How, How do you do all that?
2: So I closed all my businesses. I uh, really did podcasting for free. So uh, no,
1: I didn't. I was
0: like man, was like, that episode where man, you sell your business, hobby. man. You should be doing the episode where you sell your business. You Set yourself up for the rest of your no, life. No, no.
2: <laughs> so the I learned this from a coach that I actually had on the show. Um, I think it was one of the times that Josh couldn't be there for. I don't remember what it was. It might it might actually have been sick or something. Uh, i had my life coach on the podcast and john mentioned um he's the one who taught me learn to say no and uh, that's something that i struggled with for years and years and years so when i asked to be on the podcast i say yes like didn't ask their background or anything like that and so they're getting this evergreen content for free because we don't charge guests to be on the show and then I'm putting forth all this effort to do this editing and publishing and then sharing the content with them, and then they're getting this evergreen content that for nothing and and they're getting it in front of my audience. What John taught me how to do was to say no and and one of the reasons for saying needing to say no was the the other businesses and family being affected by so much time being put into the podcast and travel and everything else so what I worked out was on Mondays and Fridays, I work on my businesses and not in them. Then on Tuesdays and Thursdays are the days that I work in the business. If there's something that like, cause networking was a big thing for me years back where I was the president of a small business chamber. I was on a leukemia and lymphoma society's executive board. And I was on the board of by local Savannah, Georgia. And so I was constantly on the go, but networking they would network on a a random friday afternoon and i would be there and then a random wednesday i'd be there so i was able to say no if it's not on a tuesday and thursday then i can't do it and then podcasting if there's something to do a podcasting on and it was not on a wednesday no, i can't do it and that was for years and years and years and so like everybody was trained that if they were doing a podcast on a friday then i'd say no i can't do it but Now it's a little bit different now because I have, I've I've put people in place to where the businesses can run without me being there. I'm able to do things like this on a Friday, but used to, that was for years, that was the way that I was able to manage them separate from each other. If I, if it's on a Wednesday and you want me to do a meeting for service emperor, my, one of my HVAC companies, no, I can't. Wednesdays are only podcast days because if it's on a Tuesday and you want me to do a meeting or you want me to come do something I won't skip your meeting on a Tuesday to do podcast stuff so on a Wednesday I can't skip podcast stuff to do your meeting Mm -hmm. and it allows the schedule to say no not me to say no interesting
3: yeah this this is always a this is always a tough thing right like As my business is growing, like obviously early on when I was, I was that literally when I joined Tersh, I was two months out of leaving my full-time job. So I had, I had some time on my hands, you know, now we have a team of 25 people and it, you know, obviously there's, there's my wife works with us as well. And she's, she's in sales. So we're constantly talking business as well and it gets hard, but recently I realized that there's a lot of things. And I ended up knowing this, but I hired an executive assistant. I got one for her as well to help delegate. So that way they can go through Slack messages, click up tasks, emails, all these things that take up so much time throughout the day and like organize, like, give me the highlights. Give me what I'm, what did you do? What do I, what do I need to focus on based on what you see? Give me an end of day report and then I'll, I'll fill in the gaps in between. It's still tough though, because the podcast is at the same time that my business has grown, the podcast has grown yeah and there's there's more demands from that as well with travel with episodes with things that we're trying to do with us trying to do breakouts and keynotes and stuff like that like it's that stuff is taken off which if you've ever done a breakout or a keynote or any sort of slide presentation is a lot of work and it is it can be very painful to put together because you want to make it perfect and this slide does it's it's painful (laughs) but at the end of the day it's worth it it's just it's all these things as everything grows together, it gets a little more difficult. And you do have to use the things that we're learning from our guests and we're teaching to other people when they ask us is, you have to delegate. You have to delegate, you have to hire. You cannot do it all yourself. You have to get rid of your ego and realize that you cannot do it all anymore. Tersh shares a, it's a great story because I use that story even, we had a annual planning meeting this week with our team and our ops manager is feeling overwhelmed because all, all, a lot of the little tasks and the, the fires and the things that used to come to me, go to her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's now feeling what that feels like. And so I kind of shared the story of Tersh, like, I don't know, what was it? Like the one day you counted how many times your technicians oh, yeah,
2: called right. you and it was I just was 136 times oh, in one day. And like, yeah, how do you answer 136 phone calls in one day? You pick up the phone, you hang it up. You pick it up, you hang it up. You pick it up. Like you literally, and it was a quick phone call. It was like, no, yep. That's the answer. Click, pick it up. Nope. That's not it. Go do this and that and call me back. Click. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's insane.
3: Yeah. Well, he, he finally had enough and he said no more, like you're going to call me and you're going to have solutions. And that was actually the advice I gave to operations manager was when people come to you, you need to push back on them. Yep. And you need to, if they're coming to you and they haven't tried anything yet, or they don't even have a, a, a an option or a solution because they're doing their job, which they do every day, they should have some sort of solution. Mm-hmm. They should have at least one or two solutions, if not more. They need to try those first before they come to you. And if, but it's it, it, you got to train yourself, it's hard. It's not easy to do that because you, as humans, we like when people come to us, it makes us feel good. It makes
2: us feel wanted, important. So we were like, yeah,
3: yeah. Come on. Keep coming. Like, yes.
2: Yeah. It's that ego that you, as a business owner or manager that, hey, without, without me being here, the business couldn't run, that couldn't operate. And the, it's getting outside of that, putting down, getting rid of that ego is a, a must in order to be able to, uh, you know, not going insane with having so many things. And, and it was, a, for me, it was an instant thing for me. So I told the team, I said, hey, you have to come to me with three solutions. And if you don't have at least three solutions to your problems, they don't have to be the right solutions. They don't have to be the right answer. But if you put forth the effort to give me three solutions, then I know that you've actually put the time and energy into figuring this out. And you didn't call me to do your work for you. And uh, I said, if you don't come with, to me with three solutions, I'm gonna hang up on you. I'm not even gonna say anything, I'm just gonna hang up and you can come back later with three solutions. And the next day, the the first time one of the guys called me and like it was first thing in the morning, just like clockwork every single day, seven o'clock in the morning, like they called me. And I was like, okay, what, what's your solutions? They are like, I don't know, I haven't even gotten on the building yet, click. <laughs> hung up on it. and then they called me right back and said hey i think our, our phone got this bit it did you have, you have three solutions and he said no click <laughs> like i didn't even say all right call me back with three solutions i just hung up and uh, he was like all right i got the message and so then he got up on the roof and he didn't call me back for like 30 minutes or an hour and and i was like all right did he fall off the roof like at this point i'm concerned because they would call all the time so i called him back and he was like no, as soon as i got up there i figured out what the problem was i was like uh, see right there i'm a punch in the throat next time i see you and so <laughs> so yeah but josh you, you can keep going now that you're
3: no it it's just it's a great lesson for business owners or, or if people listening. to this are starting a podcast and they because most people that start a podcast have a business doing something else or they or they're working full-time you have to delegate and you have to like if if you do not have the right, and this is more of an EOS thing, but if you do not have the right person in the right seat, you need to make a change. Don't keep, just because it's hard, yeah. believe me, I have, I'm sure all of us on here have made decisions where it's like, well, then I gotta go hire a new person. Then I gotta train the new person and take, you know, we're, we're talking, we're, now we're kicking the can three months down the line before we can get back to where we were. So you put up with attitudes, you put up with yeah. people that don't show up all the time, you put up with that stuff. At the end of the day, it is almost always worth getting rid of whoever, whatever that cancer is, and moving on to something else because it's, it's not always frees you up eventually.
2: It's not just the person that is kind of that's, that's super toxic and everybody hates being around and never shows up to work on time and uh, and when they show up they are just complaining the whole time it's not just that person it's the the C C level person like the the B level person the person that's just mediocre enough to where they're not rocking the boat but if they were replaced with someone who is a, a go-getter then all of a sudden boom you're accelerating the business but but the other person that's the hardest person to get rid of in my opinion is The person that's not making a splash, not causing problems, but they're also not excelling. They're just there to kit their 40 in and go home and just do the bare minimum. And they're doing what they're getting paid for, but they're not excelling. So for me, it's like almost... I don't want to get rid of that person but I'm gonna hire somebody else to to do their job too so that they can this person can maybe do it a little bit better than them because I don't want to get rid of that person because they're not giving me any problem they're not giving me any attitude they're perfect they just aren't a good they're not not excelling in their position Uh, that is absolutely the hardest person to get rid of in my opinion but as soon as I've done that in the past and gotten and released them to a new opportunity all of a sudden I hire someone who is just luckily way better than that person was a go-getter on fire and then i just see that in throughout the whole business i could see the whole like everybody else feeds off of that person's energy and now all of a sudden other people who were not excited about being here are all of a sudden excited to be there and there, it's just the whole dynamic of the business changes because of that amen but getting rid of that person that initially worst feeling in the world because i was like they're not doing a ton of things wrong it never
3: gets easier how
0: do you even have yeah. that conversation what do you say in that room and they say okay why well, i'm being fired uh, you're all right. <laughs>
2: That's, you, you don't make a splash well what did what, what did <laughs> i do wrong um nothing really you just weren't great no is it, that the
3: it, it's not is, is is that the it's not yeah. you it's me <laughs> uh,
2: type of conversation the, uh, I, this is this, this is gonna cost me a lot in workman's comp um the uh, it, Uh, so, or (laughs) unemployment, I mean, um, so the, that conversation goes to, Hey, um, I think you'd be happier someone else, somewhere else. I'm not going to fire you today. I'm going to give you two weeks to just kind of think about it. And at the end of the two weeks, let's meet again. And so it's, it's it's a two week notice. And I actually learned that from a friend of ours, mutual friend of uh, Josh and I, uh, Mike Disney, where. I give an employee a two week notice versus an employee giving me two week notice. And over that two week period, you go and look for another job. You can change up X, Y, and Z and your attitude or your improvement. Like, hey, we want you to be here, but you're here. Do you want to be here or do you want to go work somewhere else? Do you, If you want to be here, do you know how to get to, to point B versus point A? Do you need me to help you get to point B? Do you need me to like hire someone to teach you how to get to point B if it's not me, because sometimes it's better to hire someone from outside to, to teach them so that it's not me teaching them how to do it because the perception of, well, he's the boss. He thinks he knows everything. Like I understand that I've felt that way about bosses in the past and that boss does know or did know what he was talking about. Just the fact that I had resentment towards him was the reason I didn't want to learn from them. And and I understand that that can be the case for me too. So I'll hire someone from the outside and and teach you how to do it. But that makes the conversation a lot easier. And it's, they're not blindsided with the conversation. They're not blindsided by, hey, you're fired. Because at the end of the two weeks, they knew, okay, I don't think this is going to be for me. But initially I've never had someone leave in that two week period. They've always said, yeah, this is, I'll do X, Y, and Z. And then we'll put a target in place like, okay, so in two months, you're going to be at this point. And if you're not at that point, then we're going to part ways. And at that two month period, they've not, not even attempted, most of the times, not even attempted to reach point B. They're still at point A or slowed down because they're not happy at that point because they see how much they're being held accountable. I Uh, I
0: love the overall message track going on here, guys. The only way to have a high impact, successful podcast and a high impact, successful business and a good family life and a good health, personal health life, and et cetera, et cetera, is by being able to delegate and effectively manage people around you. Now, we're speaking to business owners typically in this podcast business owners and business people that want to run a podcast and support their business at the same time. The main thing I'm getting from you guys, as someone that has very successful podcasts, which we've seen the stats for. Uh, behind the scenes and both have very successful businesses running alongside delegation and effective uh, delegation to effective people is that what you'd say is like the really the only way you can make this all work
2: yeah delegating the right people delegation by abdication is the worst possible way to delegate i've done it ask josh like we've we've both done it we've experienced this where it's like hey we don't want to do this you do it and then not give them any direction, not give them any kind of insight on the why behind we even need this completed. Then all of a sudden that crashes and burns and we're super mad at the world because all of a sudden we delegated it like everybody tells us to do, but we didn't delegate it the right way. Or we didn't have
3: a process in place to delegate. Like we didn't actually know what to do. the way it was supposed to get done. We yeah. just, we just did whatever we thought had to get done, which got it done, but it probably wasn't the best way. And we never documented it. And with today's tech, the beautiful thing about technology today is you can document processes extremely quickly, it's videos, fun. transcriptions. You can custom GPTs. I think Tersh actually created one for the trades, a custom GPT on chat GPT. Yep. There's like process GPT or whatever you call it. I don't remember what you yep. called it, it is, but you process. can create, create your own process. And that's the that's the stuff that if you have that stuff, you can you can move mountains because then you just have to find good people to do the things that are already documented. Mm-hmm. Or those good people will take what's documented and they'll be they'll question it and they'll find a better way.
2: They find a better That's way. the person that I want on board. Mm-hmm. The person that will question the way that I did it. Now I will get annoyed also. <laughs> but if i know that they're questioning it to make it better like do it like question me all day long just know that if i get annoyed with you be patient because it's my baby most of the time like and once i realize that you're doing this to improve the process not to just be a question like to question my authority every time you turn around because i've had people like that in the past to understand that that's not your reasoning behind it i'll be super happy for you to question me all day long because then I know you're actually paying attention to the process. Mm. Awesome, I love the insights guys to bring it back to the, um, to the
1: podcast that turns out into a business. Can you tell us the story of the first sponsor? Because so we understand that in George's business, it's, it's the lady who is the saleswoman and you, you guys mentioned you, you're not sales, Matt, no, you know, that's why no call to action and so on. But super curious into knowing the story of the first sponsor. And uh, in what it has involved now. Like, what was the first conversation? Did you guys reach out to somebody? Did somebody reach out to you? Was it a dog conversation?
2: How, how did it go? We tripped into it. Like, it was a trip, <laughs> fall into a sponsorship. Okay. Uh, and so, Josh and I were in Las Vegas for an event. And there was another event that started the day this event ended. And it was across the street from where we were. So, we were at one hotel. This event was at the a hotel across the street. And just so happens I stayed, uh, like my, my travel itinerary extended by like two days or something, a day and a half. And so I was able to go attend the other event because they invited us over. They said, Hey, y'all are podcasting at this event at Epic EGIA's event at the Paris hotel. Can you come over to the Caesar's palace? and record podcasts over there the next day or two that you're available. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, like I'm kind of spent because I've been, we, Josh and I, we were among six or seven other podcasts that were supposed to record at this, the, at the Epic event, but we were the only ones that showed up and set up and everything else. So then we kind of were bombarded with people wanting to be, to record. So we had a ton of content already. Like I did not go over to Caesar's Palace to gain more content, like because we had so much content from the last event, and I went over there just on a whim, and that's how we kind of tripped into a, a relationship with Billy Stevens, who was the owner of Sarah, a product co- a program called Sarah. And I th- correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. Was were they at EGIA's event too? No, I don't think so. I didn't think so. And I, and, Neither one of us had met. I, we've known of Billy because he's yeah, been in for yeah, a long time. Of you him, know, yeah. And 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 two years before meeting Billy in person, somebody in a group somewhere said, "You got to check out Billy's pay pl- pay structure because it's weird and crazy and all this other stuff." And I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll talk to him." And I I spoke with Billy, but then and I invited him on the show at that time, but he didn't have like Sarah. The, the company had not started. His other company hadn't started, but he had another company in the past that was very successful that he had sold. And so he was like, I don't really think I want to share all of this publicly on the podcast because I don't want to get negative feedback. At that time, I had no idea that Sarah was even in the creations and Billy Go was in the creations. He didn't tell me any of that information. So like, I was like, come on, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, this is really good. Like people should hear this. This is like, this is... Break the industry type in information. He was like, I just don't feel comfortable sharing it. And I was like, okay, fine. So I poked him like once more in like six months. And he was like, ah, let me see. Let me see. And he kind of just brushed me off because he wasn't sure about sharing it. And I didn't even think about it when I met him in person that he was the same person back then. Like I didn't realize it was the same person. But I met him at this event and had him on the podcast. Like I recorded an episode and we developed this relationship he was like hey man how did you pay for this trip he was like and i said well we paid for it out of our pocket <laughs> what we do like we, we just pay for it out of our own pocket me and josh we just tally up like threw the money out there and we do it and he said Nah, you got you got to be compensated for this and i was like really you think so he said yeah you need to be compensated for doing these travels and all this stuff like cause the content you're sharing and the questions you're asking they're great con that's great content i was like all right cool so how much are you going to give me he was like how much you want and i was like oh you're kidding right he's like no I was, what you're going to be our first sponsor and this is how it's going to happen like this is the weirdest conversation i've ever had in my life and so we had we had conversations josh and i and billy and and josh met billy and Honestly, and Billy's Sarah's our sponsor. They're still a sponsor uh, to this day, and that was in how long ago was that, Josh? It's been like coming up on two years now, right? Yeah, I was gonna say somewhere between a year and a half and two years. And and the funny thing is, so
3: we we continue having conversations, and I, then I met Billy. We had him on the show virtually, yeah. And Trish was sick, and at the yeah, time think, yeah, we the had time. we we had an offer from a competitor of theirs. Yeah the largest competitor that they have and still have, but because of the relationship, and I mentioned this earlier about who we work with, we really like Billy. Billy is like salt of the earth. It's similar to philosophy. He's, he, and it literally every Saturday he has a post, he gives away free knowledge and it's really good stories and, and stuff that he's had over his 30 plus year business career. We've always, we wanted to align ourselves with people like that, not just whoever was going to dangle the carrot in front of us. And it just, it literally, we had our podcast episode. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I wish Tersh was here. Like he was sick. He was really sick. I didn't get, I don't know if he had COVID at that time or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. We got done with the show and Billy and I talked for like another hour and a half, just talked. Like I literally spent like almost the whole day and, and I'm like, this guy's like super successful and like, why is he talking? Like he's spending all this time with me and yep. it was just like it was just a complete different vibe so we we pushed to really get that across the finish line even though we had a different offer we really wanted to work with people that we respect we that we knew were going to bring additional value to our community and people that we like working with because we have to hang out with them <laughs> <laughs> you know so at the end of the day we do this it, this isn't our full-time business yes we're we're finally getting paid something now but it's we want it to be fun, Yeah. right? It's It should be fun. And that's why we work with people we like. And pretty much every partner we have, with a few exceptions of people that don't really want that level of engagement as people like Billy or Justin with Upfrog or some of these other ones, we want that tight-knit relationship. Because we want to be able to say, we really, even if, the, let's say their product isn't, what this other product, they, we know they're going to take care of you because we know that the human being behind the brand, they will take care of you. You will not have a bad experience. And that's honestly, people have joined Sarah and left Sarah since we've started, but they've always said the customer experience, the customer service was phenomenal. yeah, And they always did the right thing. And to us, that is the most important thing. Cause in business stuff happens. People have left our company. I'm sure people have fed negative things to say about tourist business, but it's how you take care of them on the way out and how you take care of those negative situations that really speak to the actual, actual level of the business. So, and that's, that's what we've surrounded ourselves with. And it, it just keeps kind of seems to keep growing with people that are very similar and we're, we're our new partners. We got a couple new ones. We're going to be announcing here soon. Same thing, great people, uh, great
1: service. We're gonna be surrounding ourselves with some amazing people in the coming year. You know, it's I would add authenticity to the fun, Josh. The way you seem to be speaking about it, you both by the by the way, huh? giving back to the giving back to the industry. The whole reason we do that is have fun conversations, insightful ones and give back to the industry because you have a lot of people out there who don't have the time to like go on uh, website A and go on forums B and go to event C. Well, you you aggregate all that information, you filter it and it back to the community shaped in a way that is comprehensible digestible and with your view as well which throughout the year build up and like people come to you because they have expectations as well like hey I don't know about this topic but I know that if those guys if Josh and Josh talk about it I will know that it's reliable information and it is good and you keep that authenticity uh with the sponsors that you just explained and I love that I love that uh, yes, it turned into a business because eventually when you reach the audience, the size of the audience that you guys have, you can eventually start paying for the trips. But it's also like, hey, we're going to do that. But you know, in the authentic way was keeping the fun. And uh, that's probably what makes the success. Absolutely love it. Tell us a bit more about the, what, what would you recommend to podcasters guys? If, uh, if I'm, if I'm a new podcaster, if I'm a business owner who have been thinking about starting a podcast, or if I have one, but not really getting the benefits from it or results I would expect from it. What are your
2: advices and what would you, what would you say to those people? Uh, if you don't love, if you don't love what you're talking about, don't, don't do it because if you, uh, if, if it, if you have to force the conversation, you won't do it, it won't be consistent because consistency is key for podcasts. You have to release on a consistent basis. And if it's not something you absolutely love talking about there's going to be episodes that you're just going to skip there's going to be weeks you're going to skip Um, i would say record 10 episodes before you release your first one that way if you do have a dry spell for a couple weeks you're not sweating it and you don't put out mediocre content just because of having to put something out because you haven't recorded any back backdated episodes or anything backup episodes no that's that's that that's great advice
3: uh, for me, and it's the same thing. It's funny because when I think about, I, I'm doing my own breakout for the first time at this next event, and I had to think about like what I want to talk about. And honestly, like Tersh's, like Tersh said, there's things I like talking about that has nothing to do with anything we do. It's marketing, but it, it literally has nothing to do with our services because I would rather talk about other stuff. I get more passionate about helping people build their own marketing ecosystem that constantly turns new leads without having to hire marketers, which is kind of the opposite of what maybe we should talk about, but that's what I did in the past and what I, what I was able to do. And I want other people to feel that because it feels good. Like when you don't have to worry about when your next lead is coming. I I prefer talking about that stuff. I prefer talking about, you know, how to make yourself more profitable. So that's why this podcast, like most people now know that I have a digital marketing agency, but. For the first eighteen months or so, barely mentioned it. No, like people didn't even know. They probably had to ask Tersh, like, what the hell I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it's because we, enjoy- well, that's. I think that's what really brings a a unique perspective to our podcast. We both were in the trenches in different ways. Mine more so from the office. Tersh is more so from the field. And now, the office and business side, we talk different. We ask different questions because we've experience what it's like on a 95 degree day or like it is in the U, some of the US right now where it is bitter cold and all hell breaks loose. We know what that feels like, what that looks like, what it sounds like, and we know how we handle it and the things that go on. So we're able to ask different questions and get deeper perspective on those things versus, Hey, I have a marketing company. I'm going to, you know, ask some basic questions and just get a podcast episode out. So you really got to want you got to want to learn yourself i think is at the end of the day because if you i've learned i've learned and hired people that we bring on the podcast your church does it all the time too he he's like oh sign me up like yeah that sounds great like i want to do that and it's enhanced our business and our education i've learned a ton in the last three years just listening to guests because we bring them on i'm like well that's that's pertinent to me. Like, tell me more about that, how that, and figure out how that fits my business. So, I think wanting to learn it, not just doing it to sell and get more leads, like, don't start a podcast to get more leads. That's not the right reason. It's
2: not authentic. People will is, see through it eventually. It, it, they will. They'll see it. If that's your sole intention of starting the podcast, it will be blatantly obvious that that's your reason for doing it. It will become a natural byproduct. If you're authentic and your, your podcast is truly to help others. It's a natural, they're going to come to you quickly and say, Hey, what do you do? How can I buy from you? If you are there for the sole reason of selling your products, people are like, yeah, this is just sales. It's, it's a commercial, it's an infomercial for their business every week. And we all like, I, I don't listen to podcasts like I used to, I think For me, if you ever talk to me and you're a content creator, I will never ask you if you've listened to an episode of my podcast because being a content creator is so much work that to ask you to listen to my show would be selfish because it's just, it's a rule. A a friend of mine, Corbett Lunsford, he, he shared this with me years ago. We were at an AHR event, which is the event we're going to next week. And he said, did you see the episode of, nevermind. I, I don't even want you to watch my episodes because you're a content creator. I will, I do not want content creators to watch my content because you're You are so busy creating content. It's it's tough. So, but the few times I say that, but the few times that I listen to shows that people are, they'll send to me and say, Hey, listen to this episode. And if it's a sales for their product, it's blatantly obvious right off the rip, like you can tell. And then the other shows that you listen to, I was like, why, what are they selling? Like what's their, like, cause that's a kind of everybody's go-to thing. Like, what are you trying to sell me? Cause we're, we're being sold to all day, every day. Like, okay, so what, what are you trying to sell me with this podcast? And if I can't figure out what you're trying to sell me by the end of the show, I'm gonna listen to another episode, <laughs> you know? And even it's attraction tra- tra- marketing. Yeah,
3: it is. Versus and screaming loudly. It's, it's exactly. bring, it, bring them to you. And those leads are usually, those leads are usually warm. Like honestly, and Brittany gets this a lot because she does the sales for us now. She, every day I hear from, cause she usually has three or four sales calls a day. And, uh, yeah, they heard a bunch of the podcast, this, that, they listen to all the episodes. They do this, they do that. And, and I don't, I have no idea who they are, right. but they're
2: already, they're already warm leads. You talk about a weird concept i told josh this the first time he went to ahr with me he said i said we're going to go here there's going to be a lot of people that you're not going to know i won't know these people (laughs) and they're going to stop and talk to us and they're going to tell us all about our our history like they know us personally and josh can attest to this like the first time we went to uh, i think it was service world expo service world yeah (laughs) i told josh that this was going to happen and he was like okay i don't think josh believed me really (laughs) because we were going to go from point a to point b It, it was almost across the whole conference area josh went to that booth came back went to that booth again and then came back again by the time i could move probably four booths down from people stopping me to talk and ask questions.
3: Well, it doesn't help that you are the fanciest dressed person <laughs> at every event. You like, I, I wish you got like. So, you guys help us produce our podcast. Now, I, we have a Slack channel. I'm gonna. Uh, we I will send you a picture of like what Tersh is dressed like every we've
0: day. Seen, we've seen, this me. is me. Like, I'm, I'm literally like. In,
3: oh, just wait till you see the shoes. Like I, I, I was, I was joking. I was at Men's Warehouse because I was getting a suit. We have a uh, like a, it's an influencer party event on Sunday night. So I, I had to get a suit, but I don't have a lot of suits. <laughs> and I said, picture, Tersh a picture of these shoes. And of course, like he wants me to get them. I will never, I will never wear them oh, ever. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get those. No, I was, I was messing with, but he's got like shoes with spikes on them. Oh yes. And, like these nice. fancy looking colors and all the, all, like we, we went through this. I, like I, we couldn't, I'm like, oh my God, like I can't get through this hall. Like it, Tersh gets stopped everywhere he's like a freaking rock star and i've never experienced anything like that in my life because i'm you know just a a midwestern kid like i don't we don't have a lot of celebrities and stuff like that but it was like he's a he's a celebrity like i can't i can't get through this room
2: i ended up just like yeah i'll meet you i'll see you down there yeah (laughs) the thing about it is and i never even made it to the booth that he that josh and i were headed to like i never throughout the day i never made it down to that end of the show because of getting stopped but and that was two years ago, um, Josh. I, get, mm-hmm. I think it was like two years ago. Uh, and now, But now Josh is experiencing it. Like we went to a show recently and yeah. I got stopped and then Josh got stopped. And then we didn't see each other for like eight hours because people were stopping us the whole time asking us questions and things. And yeah. uh, it's, the, it's a weird concept because then they'll start saying, so how's your kid? How's X, Y, and Z? I heard on the podcast that, that they did the X, Y, and Z. I'm like... I don't know who you are like i have never met you in my entire life and you're telling me my history this is weird but but it is cool to have to, to develop a relationship even if it's one-sided to to share and people see how authentic that we are to the point to where like they understand that you know julie's my wife britney is josh's mm-hmm. wife like they know that like uh, they know a lot of information about us and and you know frankly we're okay with them how does that, I
1: don't want to be an influencer taste now, Josh, because clearly, <laughs> clearly that, that feels like influence. It's, I noticed that at this, so the last Service World Expo in
3: this last time, first time barely saw each other except for recordings. Like it was, it's definitely, I, I understand more of what he would, what he has felt in the past this last time. Cause I barely saw my wife, even she's like talking to me. I'm like, I'm like, where is everybody? Like I, I finally get a chance to breathe. I'm like. All right, where, where is the crew? Like, I don't know where anybody is right now. So it's definitely different. Get used, try to get used to it. Uh, it's, it makes for some exhausting days at the end, especially if you're more of like an introverted person like myself. And I know Tersh is too, like you, you do it and it, you enjoy it, but at the end of the day, you're,
2: you're beat. <laughs> yeah. Mentally exhausted. You We, we need our personal assistance to, to like hold us, like corral us around these events but like you can't stop you gotta go over here you, got, you gotta go let's go keep going <laughs> the power of podcasting ladies and gentlemen i will Josh. S- Josh go
0: ahead. i may though i will add to that though guys uh, despite all your fame um having worked with you guys now you're also some of the most down to earth and uh, genuine people that i i think i've worked with and um, so it's uh it's cool that you guys are so famous yet you've not let it get to your heads uh in a lot of ways and like i said you guys
3: i don't think we'll ever be able to like internally look at ourselves and be like, "Oh, you're famous." I, I that's weird. I think I always always struggle. It's just weird to think about like because it's not, it's not how we view ourselves. Honestly, we're more of and a, this is a baseball reference. Bob Eucher has been a announcer for the Brewers for 50 years, but he's always been known for his uh humor like kind of directed at himself. He keeps it real yeah. with himself by by humor, like making fun of himself. So that way it's never like you're never too big to say I'm dumb like I don't know I don't know shit I don't know anything so I think that's where we keep it real and it we we do it to each other too like we look for opportunities to make fun of each other
2: so we keep each other grounded (laughs) yeah I mean I'm gonna ground Josh as much as I can (laughs) give me the opportunity to say something love it absolutely awesome guys thank you so much for
1: coming on the show it was absolutely great. Um, we we'll put all the link in the show notes and in the descriptions, of course, to where people can find you LinkedIn, I suppose, respective websites, anything else, if people want to reach out that they can go to. Pretty much anywhere except for Twitter.
2: Don't reach out to us on Twitter. That's dumb. We, we have a Twitter, but uh, it's, don't do that. Weird. It's not that <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's on the word. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much guys. Thank you
1: for listening to the B2B podcast stories.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please don't forget to hit subscribe and check us out at ghamarketing.com. Have a great day.